Welcome to the Options Millionaire Podcast, where we walk you through the tools, techniques, and strategies we use to become seven-figure traders in the options market. Your hosts are Peter and Travis, founders of the Options Wealth Academy. Okay, hey, welcome everyone to another podcast. Um, Peter and Travis here. Uh, and today's episode number 13, we're going to talk about option premiums and more importantly, why are some, some options uh, so much more option premiums so much more than others? Mm-hmm. So, and I, th- I think this is my week to start. It so, is. Uh, this is going to be kind of quick. Uh, I would, re- I usually do this when I have this uh, kind of a subject. I, it's, it's a, more of a uh, a video that I do. So I'll try and uh, give it to you guys in because many of you are going to be just listening to this. Uh, so I'll try and explain it in a way that kind of makes sense. So if you're an options trader or you're a new options trader, even if you're a, uh, let's call you a veteran's options trader, if you're a veteran, you probably know why option premiums are more on some stocks than others. Um, but the, the rate... The, the long and short of it is that um, what uh, when you see option premiums higher on two equal stocks, let's say. So let's say you're comparing a stock price the same way, two stocks priced the same way. So let's say $100 and one is higher than the other. Um, it generally equates to risk. Uh, option premiums uh, have, you know, there's a lot of things that go into what makes up an option premium and volatility risk is one of them. Um, so I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I'm actually on my broker platform and um, I can't, this is not two equally priced uh, products, um, stocks, but I'm going to use two stocks and just kind of give you the difference. So I'm going to use DraftKings as one. So DraftKings at the time of this recording is is trading at about $20 a share, just under 20 today. It's a little down day. Uh, and I'm going to just look at a 30-day option. So if I take, uh, and I'm going to look at singles. I'm not going to look at verticals or anything like that. I'm just going to look at a basic option. So if I look at an at-the-money option on DraftKings, so this is a um, $19.65 stock. That's our 1976 is what it's trading for right now. Um, and a call option is a dollar forty six. So the bid ask spread is one thirty eight, one forty five. Okay. And now I'm gonna just kind of flip over to Apple. I love Apple stock. I used to trade this one all the time. And now the stock share the stock price is one forty nine twenty and the same strike or same expiration at the money strike is five twenty. So it seems like Apple's a higher premium. But it's not because you'd have to divide that number back into the stock price to kind of see what that yield is, right? So if I divide 520 uh, into, oops, I did it wrong. Sorry, I'm doing it on my calculator. I can't do it in my head. If I divide it back into the uh, stock price of 149.24 is what I divided it into, uh, the yield, meaning the return on my cash is about 3.4%, okay? And then if I go back to DraftKings, so you can see DraftKings, remember it was only, let me go back to it, it was only $1.45, so a lot less, right? So it seems like, oh, I'm gonna make only 145 bucks on the DraftKings 
call option, whereas I would make 520 on the Apple call option. This is assuming I'm selling the call options. Um, but what's the yield? So if we take that 145, oops, doing it, and I divide it back into 1981, now my yield is 7.3%. So you get a much better yield, right? It'd be if I was, if you were kind of equate it to the yield you'd get from uh, your savings account. Uh, if you were going to deposit money into a savings account, the bank may say, hey, we'll give you a yield of 0.75%. Uh, and then let's say I come around and I say, hey, I have a savings bank and I'll give you a yield of 4%. There's probably a good chance that I'm doing something riskier with that money to generate that kind of yield. And that's the case here. Um, so you can see Apple you have to invest a lot more to make a 3.4% yield than you would with DraftKings to make a 7.3% yield. Um, but what this really equates to, and this is something I always tell people to just be cautious of, um, high premiums generally uh, mean high risk. Uh, that's usually what you'll see. And then when you start comparing more closely related stocks in price and you see the yields are so much different. And actually maybe Tesla's like this. I don't trade a lot of stocks, so I don't have a lot of, um, uh, Tesla is a perfect example. Here's a great example. So remember I was telling you that Apple was trading for 149 a share, right? And if you sold one cover call on Apple, you get $520 for a 31 day cover call. Tesla is trading at $50 more a share. So it's trading at $200 a share. <laughs> but if you sold a 30-day cover call, you get $1,670. So three times as much money. Uh, and I would challenge anyone when they're looking at this stuff, if you want to really see the true picture, all you have to do is just look at the stock chart of Tesla and then look at the stock chart of Apple, and you usually get a better picture as to why one is paying a higher premium than the other. So um, really, that's what option premiums, that's how I look at option premiums. Um, now, I deal in the SPY ETF, so let's just kind of give you guys an example. So we'll use SPY's ETF here. Now, SPY is trading for $399 as of today. Uh, and the same covered call is 962. So you can see it's somewhere, um, well, it's a lot less. If you if you just divide, you want to know what your yields are, just take the premium you're going to get uh, and don't do it in hundreds. Remember, you're going to get $9.62. So divide that into the current price of the stock or ETF, and that'll give you your yield. So SPY, the yield is 2.4%. So if you remember on Apple, it was about 3.8% uh, and DraftKings was 7.3%. Um, it looks like Tesla is gonna be like through the roof. Let's see, 1670 divided by 200. Uh, Tesla, yeah, Tesla's an 8.4% yield uh, in the same time frame. Um, so, SPY, I'm not going to keep up with you in, in premiums until your stock either goes through the roof and you're frustrated because you just lost a lot of capital gains or uh, your stock has crashed uh, horribly and miserably to earth and I, I'm not doing as bad. And if you really want to take a look at this, the other thing you can 
kind of pay attention to is just re- or remember premiums. Everyone loves premiums when they're selling options and they hate premiums when they're buying options. So, so if they were to buy a, let's say they wanted to buy a call option on a stock that's going up and I gave you those three examples, almost everyone would choose DraftKings because they'd only have to pay $145 for that call option. Uh, the reality is they wouldn't make a whole lot off of that call option compared to maybe a Tesla or a, an Apple. And I know they wouldn't make as much as an SPY call option. The SPY call option will actually, in most cases, over a long period of time, do better because the premiums are just so attractively priced to the amount of risk you're taking because the risk is so much less than a stock because it's a whole basket of stocks. It's an ETF. So so that's it. That's uh, that's my take on premiums. I know Travis will have a lot better information than I had because he's been doing this a lot longer, but he is the one that always taught me. And I learned this the hard way. When you chase premiums because they're so much more lucrative than something else, there's a good reason why. And one day that reason will rear its ugly head. That's it, Travis. That's all I got. All right. Well, now I'm all nervous because I don't have can't much hear you. else. Oh, there we can, go. Oh, can, can you hear me hear. now? Yeah, okay. I can hear. Because I was about to say, I was like, why you set me up like that? I don't have anything you know, exciting to say about premiums. And you're like, Travis has more. I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I was literally just about to come on and be like, well, Peter covered it better than I could cover it. So I don't have anything else to say. (laughs) You have to have something better than me. You got it. You're the one that taught me all this stuff. Uh, No, no, not when it comes to option premiums. I mean, I can rattle off some stuff, but yeah, I don't feel like I have something else better to say. You covered some of the more important aspects. I mean, yeah, I was just, I mean, I, I stepped out. Real quick, so I don't know if you covered the definition of a premium. I was just going to cover that. <laughs> That's about. <laughs> no, I didn't really go into the definition of it. No, no. Okay, I, didn't. I can cover that, and then we'll yeah. we'll go from there. All, All right. right, sounds good. So, option premium. So, basic definition is uh, it, options. They are. I always try. Not always. I often equate them to uh, insurance contracts. Right. So. When you get insurance on your house or car, the terminology is you pay a premium. So that's how I want you to think of an options premium. It's think of it as a cost. And we're either paying that cost or receiving that cost. So when we buy insurance for our house, we pay a premium. But the agent who sold me the policy, he's receiving the premium. So that's a premium. It's either a cost or profit, you know, one of the two ways, depending on what side of the transaction you're on. And so, Peter, I, I heard him talk about selling options. Um, at least I caught that tail end. So I don't know if he talked about buying options, but yeah, he was talking about selling options, and you know, you can get a higher yield or higher um, return, you know, based on what you receive. Sort of like an insurance agent. Okay, so let's say an insurance agent was selling a policy on someone, a car insurance on someone who's had like a let's say 30 speeding tickets, right? Well, is he going to receive a better yield or better return on the policy than selling a policy to someone who's never had any speeding tickets, right? The person who's never had any speeding tickets, you know, it could be, let's say it's equal car, $30,000 car, they're buying $30,000 worth of car insurance, right? 
a person who's never had any tickets, the agent sells them a policy. The premium he re- the agent receives might be, let's say, $1,000 a year, right? Same ins- level insurance, $30,000 car. He receives uh, the premium, right? What, what that person pays is $1,000 a year. Now, same car, $30,000, but now this person who's trying to buy insurance has 30 speeding tickets. Do you think they're going to pay $1,000 a year in insurance? No, right? They're higher risk. So the agent is going to sell them a policy. <laughs> Most likely it's going to cost them $3,000 a year, right? So in th- that same exact policy, right? Same exact amount insured, the agent is receiving a better yield or better return on his risk with the person who has speeding tickets, right? And so it's always, uh, not always, it's a function of risk, Uh Usually what option premiums are, how they're priced. And uh, Peter did talk about that. So, yeah, when you see those higher premiums, I always tell people they're high for a reason. Like, stay away from them. Like, well, at least that's my suggestion. I can't give people financial advice, but I'm like, don't, you got to be careful chasing yields. And so if you're an insurance agent, you know, selling car insurance, and you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm only going to sell policies to people with 30 plus speeding tickets, right? Yeah, you're going to make a lot of money. Guess what? People with 30 speeding tickets are going to wind up crashing their car and you're going to be paying out a lot in insurance, right? (laughs) So you might wind up going broke. It's because you chased, you know, high yields or high premiums, not understanding that they were high because of the risk. The risk was baked into that premium. So that's why I want you... So just one of the ways you can always think about insurance premiums or uh, option premium, excuse me. It's, it's, it's a function of risk. All right. So that's what a premium is. It's just the cost of the option or either the profit you're going to receive from selling that option. All right. Next, uh, let's talk about leaps. One of my favorite topics nowadays, I transition to a passive uh, option trader now. So I trade mostly once a year. Um, I say 90% of my strategies now are once a year. So I place a simple trade once a year, it takes about 10 minutes and I'm done for the year. A couple of strategies I'll still place short term, but for the most part, it's, it's passive. So I, I use something called leaps or long-term equity anticipation securities. Don't ask me why they come up with these complicated names, but basically a leap option is just a long-term option, sort of like a long-term insurance policy, right? And the last thing I'll say on this is why do option premiums, why are some costs more? So same deal. We'll equate it to, uh, this time we'll equate it to car insurance again. So if we were buying a insurance policy for, I don't know if you've ever tried to insure a car and they give you different options. Well, you can pay monthly or pay yearly, right? When you pay yearly, you usually save some money. But when you pay monthly, um, it costs more. It's the same with option premiums. And I ran some numbers here while Peter was talking. So let's do a one-year insurance policy. You can buy insurance on stocks. People don't know that. It was created in the 70s. It's called put options, right? Or protective put options is a name, right? Maybe because the name is protector put option, right? People are like, what the heck is that? If you just heard that, you wouldn't know what it is. But if somebody walks around and be like, oh, I just bought stock insurance on my portfolio, wouldn't that catch your ear? Wouldn't you stop and be like, huh? That's interesting. I want to hear more about that, right? Versus somebody walks around like, I bought a put option today. You're like, that dude is crazy. I don't know what they're talking about, right? So maybe that's why people don't know stock insurance exists because people don't use that terminology that we understand. So a one-year insurance policy on uh, some stock shares cost uh, $2,800. I just ran the calculations, $2,854 for a one-year policy. So again, think about car insurance. You pay monthly, it's going to be it's going to cost more than if you pay yearly, you get a discount. 
So this is a one-year insurance policy. It costs $2,854, right? If we extrapolate that out, if we multiply that by three and go out three years, so let's say we're going to use, we're going to buy a one-year policy every single year for three years, right? So in your brain, you if this is if the one year cost is two thousand eight hundred and fifty four dollars, you would think logically that a three year policy should just be that number multiplied by three, right? Eight thousand five hundred sixty dollars. So that one year policy multiplied by three equals eight thousand five hundred sixty two dollars. That's how much your brain tells you it should logically cost a three year policy. If a one year policy costs like two thousand, a three year policy should just be three times that. No. Right, it's not. Uh, so when you go out three years and you look at a three-year policy, guess what the cost is? You probably won't be able to guess it. If the one-year policy is two thousand eight hundred fifty-four, guess how much the three-year policy is? It's not the eight thousand you would think it would be. It's only four thousand, right? Four thousand four hundred dollars to be exact. You're like, whoa. So that's what I discovered is that. The insurance and and I always you know when I'm walking clients through this and I saw a client our rules are hey buy the furthest dated insurance policy we want as more as much insurance as we can so we go out like three years we have a three year insurance policy right and then I walk people through this and I look at their accounts I'm like why did you buy one year policy because like, it's cheaper yeah based on the numbers I just told you yeah three year policy is four thousand a one year policy is two thousand yeah it's cheaper. Right. And so people think it cost, right? I'm like, but you just overpaid for your insurance, right? That that costs more on the long term. So yeah, the leaps are more expensive, but they're cheaper on an average cost basis. So my three-year policy, the average yearly cost is only a thousand dollars, right? So I'm I'm getting insurance cheaper by going out further. Again, going back to the car example, when you pay monthly versus yearly, you pay more. And so that's how option premiums also some are much more it's, it's no different than paying monthly versus yearly so they're more because it's less time for the market to do what it needs to do and that's why they bump up the price of the short-term con uh, insurance contracts right it's a short-term insurance policy and if you try to get a short-term insurance policy on life insurance car insurance it doesn't matter all short-term policies they seem cheap but they're actually a very expensive on a long-term basis it's because they, you know, it's, it's, it's a short, I, I, I'm not, I'm finding a hard time finding the words, but just, that's just how it is, right? The short term policies cost more. So we go out in the longer term to buy it cheaper. And, and I'm trying to find a good analogy to explain why the short term policies cost more, but so I'm not coming up with a good analogy, but that's, that is just generally how every insurance is. So see, I didn't have anything that uh, exciting to share, Peter, but uh, that's, that's all I have uh, for today. You used to do, I think I put it in our members area for um, ROWA 2.0 students. I can't remember what it was called. I'd have to go out and look at it, but you did a, um, you did a whole spread, not a whole spreadsheet, but you had a word document that you had put out. The table. Yeah, it was a table and I can't remember what you called it. I remember the acronym MTE or something. And it was basically, oh. do you remember that? Yeah, I and, and it that. basically mm -hmm. shows how, yes, this put option costs more in dollars, but as a percentage, it's far less. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I always, uh, 
that's what I always kind of show folks. So for, you know, perfect example, what, like what Travis was talking about, let's say I bought a hundred shares of SPY today and I wanted to insure those shares. Um, and there's a lot of people that will think very short term and they'll say, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just going to insure them for a year. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's just protect myself for the next year. So I'll just look at like the January um, price for my shares and I'll do an at the money to kind of make it easy. Mm-hmm. So shares are at 399. So you'd buy the $400. It's going to cost you about 20, 2,600 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then, so if you, if you divide the 2,600, so for those of you guys that are listening, remember you just bought a hundred shares. So if I divide 2,600 into $39,900, cause that's what it cost me for my shares. Um, that is a 6.5% cost. Mm-hmm. That's how much that insurance cost me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's $2,600. So from a dollar perspective, it looks cheap, right? Yeah. So now let's go to that long dated one. So the December, 2025. So now we got three years worth of insurance. It's going to cost me $4,000, 4,100, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like twice as much, right? Yep. But remember- the, the investment is still 39.9, right? Over three years. So it's going to look, you, this is how you do it. So you do 4,100, divide it back into that 39.9. And you could just take the, if you guys are looking at an option chain, you can just take that option premium and divide it into the option price or the stock price, ETF mm-hmm. price. Uh, so now that's a 10.2% return or 10.2% cost. Cost. Mm-hmm. But, over three years, so divided by three. What did I say? What was the first one? Six, six yeah. percent cost. The one year policy costs six percent of your investment. Yeah, this is a three point four percent annual cost. <laughs> you have your cost of insurance. Yep. Yeah. So, and I can't remember what you called it. Uh, it's it's got like an acronym you had, and I, I'll have yeah. to go look and I can. Uh, I'll throw it into. Um, we always have a place you guys can go to uh, a website that you can go to, and we put it in the. Uh, it, it'll come up at the end, optionswealthacademy.com, and you can go in there, register, and it's free. You can register for the free stuff, and we usually have our kind of our show notes. I won't put that whole chart in there, but I'll put the explanation of what that is. So mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to do it, though. Always divide it back in because, as Travis used to always tell me, um, use numbers when you're talking about uh, money and use percentages when you're talking about returns. So f- I mm. like to, you can't spend percentages, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. But you can spend money. So a lot of times you'll hear some of the gurus say, you know, I generate 10% a month. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds awesome, right? And then then it's like, hey, can you can you pin a dollar figure to that? Yeah, it's 15 bucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, because they invested $150 into an option. They sold it 10 minutes later for 10 or $15 and they generated a 10% return. So <laughs> totally different, right? Than me saying, hey, my account generated a 15% annual return. Now that works for anyone's account. If you got a $5,000 account, it's 15% of that. If you got a $50,000 account, it's 15% of that. So very important that you compare the numbers the right way, right? Yeah. I like I like that. I, yeah. 
I don't even remember saying that, but you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, used to, you used to say that on the webinars, remember. You used to actually used to do it in your videos, you'd say. But let me show you the numbers because you can't spend, spend percentages. percentages. Yeah. That's what you used to say. And it's like, ah, oh, such a good point. And that's, you know, we I think, did we talk about it? No, I, me and Rob talked about it on our weekly recap for the members area. But uh and it was basically what the gurus will state. They'll say, you know, I generate on, on average a 300% annual return. But what they're not telling you is that may be return on risk. Yeah, it, so, it is return. Right? <laughs> yeah, and generally that's what it is. Because the reality is if everyone could generate a 300% annual return, can anyone tell me how Edward Jones, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, all these financial advisors would be in business if you could mm -hmm. easily just generate a 300% annual return exactly. on your accounts? They, they wouldn't. Or they would be generating those for you. Um, so the bottom line is it's, it's return on risk. And so be very careful when people throw that at you. I know we always... Travis always taught me when I talk about returns, it's my return on my investment. My entire account is my investment, but I never, ever have more than 10% of my entire account invested. So yeah. I just can't blow out my accounts. Um, I can if I'm, you know, being foolish and reckless. But <laughs> when I follow our program, I can't. So very important though. It has a lot to do. You know, you want to see what's a risky options trade, just divide that premium back into the price of the stock. And and then just go take some really good popular companies, good strong companies, you know, pinnacles like Microsoft, Apple, Starbucks, yeah. you know, pinnacle companies and divide those premiums back into the stock price. And if the stock you're about to trade is three times that, it's like the like your uh, your analogy. That's you know yeah. The insurance companies don't in they don't insure only high risk drivers, and when they do, they generally go out of business. Yeah, that's true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I found it. It was bothering me, so I found the the what is it? It's a uh, two one. So I have MTE. That's months to expiration, right? So okay, we, yeah. And then I have CPMYs, which you were talking about. Uh, yeah, costs per month slash year. Yes, so, that's yep, it. Yes. Yep. So that one year in this example of looking at the website, it was seven percent up front, like the cost per year was seven percent for the one year policy, three year policy was eleven percent up front, but the cost per year is like four percent. So it hasn't changed much. No, no, no. You it, can it, see yeah, yeah. It stays steady. Um, that's what I was telling people. Like now it's weird because puts are cheaper than we're used to seeing, but yeah, it the percentages have stayed steady. For as long as I've been doing this, uh, well, as long as I've been buying insurance, which hasn't been long, it's been trading options for 20 plus years, but buying insurance, maybe, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, maybe, mm -hmm. or I got really into buying insurance. Um, but yeah, the, as long as I've been doing it, the percentages stay pretty consistent. So that's how I can plan. Like people are like, how do you know? And all this, and I'm like, well, I know on average every year, my insurance is going to cost anywhere from three to four percent. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I was gonna tell you. I was like, you know the secret, another secret I discovered why I go out so far is like because I don't I don't pay for my insurance. Today I've never paid for it. I use other strategies to pay for, it. but like just the dividends alone. Think about it. If your insurance, your yeah. example was three percent, I'm like, your dividends just covered your insurance. Yeah. Like people people don't look at that. They're like, oh it's cost so much. I'm like, 
you're not paying for it. <laughs> your, your portfolio's performance is going to pay for that. Peace of mind, right? <laughs> and so... And so that's another reason I go out. I'm like, because I want to make the bar so low to recouping that cost that easily dividends and maybe one cover call. Again, that's it. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Exactly. One cover call. You pay for your insurance. You don't worry about it anymore. You're done. 11, 11 months of profit. Uh-huh. Yep. So, so much better than the way the federal government works with their taxes because they say you work for about three to four months oh, yeah, before four you months. just to pay your taxes. Just pay your taxes. Yep. So, so, but yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I, man, I should, you want to write this down. Insurance is one of the most understated, under misunderstood and underrated concepts. Uh, if any, if anything, before I die, that's one of my, I want to be my claim to fame. Travis drilled into our heads, the concept of stock insurance. Like, yes. Cause people don't realize like, that's my favorite part of my portfolio is insurance. Like, at least me, I'm twisted, but that's my favorite part. So yeah, well, I think that the other side of it too is, and it, this is probably one of the hardest things to get folks to wrap their brain around. I, I even for me, when I was first learning it, it was kind of difficult. I always looked at insurance. So if I'm, I used that example earlier where I bought a hundred shares. So uh, I was showing you how, um, you know, the cost basis of the insurance. So if I like when I buy SPY, I buy insurance and I go the farthest dated one, right? So mm-hmm. that I think the hardest thing to explain to people is that's my max risk on my investment. So imagine, imagine, I, I guess the best way to put it is if I said to someone, hey, if you deposit $40,000, um, I can't guarantee a rate of return, but I can guarantee the max you'll lose is 3.4% a year. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that. So most people won't, I, I think they look at that negative. What do you mean you can lose 3.4%? <laughs> it's like, well, okay, 2022, the, yeah. the market, the, the S&P 500 lost 21%, but the average investor lost a whole lot more because they're not invested in the S&P 500. They're invested in Tesla or Apple or all these really high paying premium stocks kind of thing. These stocks that just double in one year or something like that. And they don't realize that, you know, when the market dropped 21%, those stocks were dropping. I think Tesla dropped almost a, how much yeah, was it? Like I think it 65, was... 70%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's come back, which is great. But what people don't, they look at a stock chart sometimes and they say, yeah, see, but look, it's right back. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but you would not be in it today. I guarantee no. it. People. Because when you just lost 65% of your $200,000 investment, <laughs> you'd be like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to salvage the rest of my 135K. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right? And then when it came back, you'd be like, all right, now I'm out with, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm out of life because mm-hmm. now I, I just realized I lost 70K. If I just stayed in, I would have made even more. And that's unfortunately <laughs> the, the sad part. But the reality is, like when I try to show folks this, if I invest $39,000 in SPY today, so $40,000 basically, my max loss over three years is Mm $4,000. So imagine that. that, Now that's just my max loss. I haven't even talked about dividends or what I generate on it. Because in the very first month, 
I'm going to create a cash, you know, if I if I started today based on our strategy, today I'm going to invest $40,000 in SPY. I'm going to then buy insurance for $4,000 and then I'm going to immediately make $971 that will go into my brokerage account that I could I could withdraw today. So $1,000. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do that every month. Yep. And and my so if you think about it, if everything stayed constant, which it doesn't, the market goes up and goes down. So sometimes I won't make as much, but then there's sometimes where instead of doing $900 a month, I might do 15 or $1600 a month. The reality is that I can make anywhere from 5 to let's say $1500 a month off a $40,000 investment and my mm-hmm. max loss is four thousand dollars over three years? <laughs> yeah, and I know, I, and I know that's not even going to be my max loss because I know when the stock market does crash and I need that insurance, that insurance is going to be through the roof. But more importantly, if the stock market never crashes and that insurance goes to zero, well, number one, I the way we do our system it never actually goes to zero. But even if it does. I've I spent four thousand dollars to ensure I will never lose forty thousand dollars. Yes, and you know what? I think that right there is an excellent point to end it on. Because guess what? Next week's topic is can options be bond hold? So that's oh yeah, so that'll be one. a good point for next week. That is a good teaser. Good end it on, and we'll continue this conversation next week. Because uh, yeah, we're going to talk Perfect. about that. Yeah, and we don't want to make this episode too long, do we? No, we don't. So sorry. That's thanks. <laughs> no, it was good stuff. No, I loved it. That's why I was shutting up. I was like, this is good. Like, this is why I yeah, this is why we use this because all these benefits Peter is spouting off, yeah, that's our reality. But experts to tell you, hey, stay away from options, you're risky. I'm like, uh, you keep listening to them, you'll stay broke. But yep, we, <laughs> we ignore them and we make more money. So <laughs> with that happy note, we will see you all next week. Yep. <laughs> Leaving it at that. Thank you for listening to the Options Millionaire Podcast. Be sure to join us each week as we dive into all the tools and techniques we use to become seven-figure traders. For more information and a copy of our show notes, head to www.optionswealthacademy.com.